This podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at cyphercast.net and follow us on Twitter at cyphercast.net. Welcome to Incantations, an Invisible Sun podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. And we will be your guides along the path of suns. Today we sing one spell. With Eminence of the Black Cube, we discuss the contents of the Black Cube itself. With Eminence of the Black Cube, we're going to talk about our initial impressions of the Black Cube, its contents, uh, and other things of note now that we've both been able to open them up and see what's awaiting for us inside. I was only able to open up a black cube uh, last night, and it wasn't even mine. I I borrowed one from uh, a fellow podcaster and one of my players. Uh, you might know him from uh, Cyphercast, Cypherspeak. That's the one. That's the name of the podcast. Yeah, uh, so I... I got Troy to bring his uh, black cube over so that he could uh, pop that thing open um, rather than opening up the one that we got for the whole group. Uh, we're going to we're going to do that as a group affair uh, later in the week, hopefully tomorrow, hopefully before our first session. We'll see. How are that are goes. you going to have a, a uh, invisible sun cake? Invisible sun cake. Uh, that would be, that would be. Oh, man, that would turn your mouth green, wouldn't it? <laughs> Uh, someone, I believe it was on Twitter, uh, it might have been on Facebook, uh, the, the group uh, for Invisible Sun, had produced a uh, Invisible Sun cake using the insignia for the Invisible Sun on mm-hmm. a black cake. Uh, and it, it was impressive. I'll, I'll have to dig that up. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not going to have a cake. We're just going to finally open up the steamer trunk that's been sitting in my basement for the last like two and a half months or so. <laughs> The culmination of your playtest campaign? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd call it a playtest campaign. I did playtesting stuff, uh, but I also did a series of puzzles and scavenger hunts uh, that all led up to uh, my players spending, you know, a good 30 minutes crawling around the the comic shop uh, like last week looking for a key that I had hidden above a doorframe. So uh, <laughs> they're they're known at the comic shop now as those people who are doing that weird thing. Uh, I don't think they'll be the last time a group of Invisible Sun players are referred to as the group doing the weird thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I, did you did you uh, get a chance to take a look at everything that's in here? I uh, did get my cube last week. I opened mm-hmm. it up and did go through uh, the cube uh, and its contents. There's a lot in the cube. Uh, so I've only there read through one of the books, uh, The Key. And half of a second book, which is The Gate, uh, and can talk a little bit about those, uh, as well as some of the physical components of the cube and the general first impressions of the cube itself. It's going to take a while to get through the four hardcover volumes, mm-hmm. these hundreds of cards and everything else that are included in the cube. This is a lot like not just getting the initial release of an RPG, but as if you're getting the first two years of an RPG's releases all at one time. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I was able to page through the the four books, and I was mostly looking for uh, ideas for what what, what we're going to do now that we have all the material. 
Um, so I didn't really sit down and read everything in detail yet. Uh, once we get our cube open, then I'll be reading through the whole stuff, the, the whole books. Um, but I, I did pull out a bunch of the materials that come in the cube that I thought were extremely interesting and I didn't really expect in some cases. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Um, I guess the first thing that we popped open was the, uh, that drawer on top where the, testament of sons is yes man that thing is heavier than i was expecting it to be it feels sturdy though in some ways still fragile yeah it's resin i mean if you drop that thing it is gonna break so tip one don't drop this thing yeah um but hey it was it was packed nicely and uh turned out really well and uh the the finish that they put on the top of it is uh much nicer looking than the prototypes that they had on display somewhere also on Twitter and Facebook is circulating. Someone had a very carefully lit photo that actually brings out the sheen of the Testament. And it, it is gorgeous. The sort of golden sheen on black. Yeah. It's really cool looking. Um, and there, there was something that is, uh, there are runes all over it, which was apparent in a lot of the prototype prototype, uh, images that they had. Um, and, I was hoping that at some point I'd be able to figure out what those symbols might be. And uh, there are symbols throughout all the books as well. There, I hear there is an active effort going on in the Discord channel, on mm -hmm. the Monty Cook Games Discord channel, of people trying to break the cipher of the symbols that are on the backs of the books and throughout of various other objects in the Black Cube. It is complicated in part because of little things that MCG did to make this more difficult than it would otherwise be. Uh, the most clever I've heard so far is that it is, it's, this hasn't complete, completely been broken yet, um, but one reason it hasn't been broken is that the, the organization called the Hindasa is not spelled the same way twice anywhere. Oh, really? Or maybe it's spelled several different ways, but maybe sometimes those are repeated twice. I'm not entirely sure. But uh, some, there's enough variations in the name Hindasa that it's an example of how they make it more difficult to break a cipher. But even if you know what the word is, mm -hmm. if you don't necessarily know how it's spelled, it's going to make it more complicated. Yeah, they're, uh, in just paging through the books, they, they did drop a couple of clues as to what the, the symbols do mean or what they could mean or what they are. Um, so yeah, I haven't dipped into that, uh, that channel yet, uh, for the secrets. I figured I was going to wait until, you know, wait until the whole group that I've got is on board and ready to start, you know, playing the game and figuring things out if they want to. Uh, also, if you're interested in checking out any of this invisible sun stuff, there's a discord, mm, server. There's a discord server out there, which would be, do you know what it is off the top of your head? Uh, I am currently stalling to pull up the Discord server and find out what the name is. It's a very active group for Monty Cook Games generally, uh, yeah. all the different game lines for Monty Cook Games, uh, as well as now Invisible Sun. Uh, it's also very. Limited. That sounds right. Oh, I'm going to have to log in to. Uh... Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Ancient Albatross. I'm blanking on exactly what it's called. And then... Yeah, Cypher Unlimited. Cool. I got it. Uh, the, the Cypher channel, uh, in addition to having coverage of all the different MCG games and Invisible Sun, uh, is also a place where a lot of people re will rec recruit for online games, mm -hmm. uh, one shots, as well as campaign games using uh, Cypher system, and I'm sure now Invisible Sun. 
Yeah, I would think at some point. Uh, but they've got three channels in there for Invisible Sun. They've got the general channel where you can go in there and there shouldn't be any spoilers. And then they have a GM portal and a secrets channel. Uh, and, and those would be more specific if you want to you know, help out with what the secrets are or if you are a GM that's going to be running this game. Um, so uh, back to the cube itself. Um, yeah, the books are great. I am super glad that they were able to upgrade those things to hardcover. <clears throat> Because these hardcover books are really nice. And the layout, like Bear had said, with that middle column for reference, yeah, it doesn't seem weird at all. It works really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like without the unupgraded books. Like, I, the, the Cube is such a coherent experience. I can't imagine what it would have been like if it were, if any of the parts were missing or not upgraded in the campaign or anything along those lines. It's just, everything fits perfectly. Like it was intended to be that way all along. Yeah. Yeah. I I would think it was intended to be that way all along, wasn't it? (laughs) Probably. Did you get one of the medallions? I did get one of the medallions. So I was able to take a look at the gold secret, which is what uh, Troy had pledged under. And mm. the medallion had come with the secret envelope. And there's a there are a few things in there. Oh, the cards that they included as a, I guess, to make up the delays, make up for the delays. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were some right. cards in there and then the medallion and then the secret, which I'm not, I'm not going to really talk about it here. But it's interesting and I am curious to see what the other secrets are. Uh, I have not even read the secret. Uh, I'm under the silver sun secret. Ah, me too. But have not read it yet. Uh, I got the green sun medallion. So there's no relationship between the secret and the medallion you get. Oh, Uh, but I've been impressed. The medallion was smaller than I expected, but it was also higher quality and more ornate than I expected. Uh huh. Yeah, we didn't we didn't take a look at the the medallion. We just saw it was in the bag. Yeah, it's it's nice. I, I I like it quite a bit. Cool. One of the things that I thought was really neat were the the bookmarks. Yes, man, they've got the table of contents on them. Like it's just a small little thing, but that's a that's a nice little extra to have in there. I think it's going to help a lot when using the books at the table. Yes. It might be worth uh, mentioning because it's if you look for it, you get the clues you need. But uh, there are four books and one might stare at these four books that have mysterious titles like the key, the gate, the way and the path. And like, what do I do now? Um the books do cross over quite a bit, but they're, they do have different uh, clear fo- uh, focus in each case. So the key is sort of the basic information for the game setting overview material and it's probably the best place to start. Uh, I'm now reading the gate. Uh, the gate has more detailed system information, like how to deal with challenges, difficulties, rolling dice, successes. Uh, I'm now halfway through the, the ex- extensive game mastering section. There's a lot of material here on how to GM this game. Uh, and then uh, it ends with a, a, a discussion of each of the sooth cards. I'll also note that most of what was in the uh, the key was in the playtest material, but there have been some uh, clarifications, some examples, and some references that help uh, flesh out the material that was in the playtest. Similarly with the gate, it is the same, basically the same system with some clarifications uh, that I have found useful 
Uh, I know that one question we've had that I believe we raised when we were talking with Jason Robinson was how to deal with injuries, wounds, um, and anguish and how many different tracks there were and things along those lines. Well, now that we have character sheets and it is clarified in the books, uh, it is clear that you have, you have usually, uh, before any sort of secrets complicate things, uh, three injuries will add up to either an anguish or a wound depending upon what the last point of injury is. If the last point of injury is primarily a physical uh, event, then it's an, uh, a wound. If it's primarily a mental uh, sort of injury, then it goes into anguish. So the, the singular injury track feeds into the dual anguish and wound tracks. Hmm. Okay. And that's ex- there's some examples um, in the uh, gate to help clarify that. But at least I think it's relatively clear. And the character sheets reflect this as well. Cool. Yeah, that seems fine. Uh, the way is the book of magic and the difference. It does not include a list of all the spells because the spells are on the cards and they did not want to duplicate all that information. Oh, uh, but the so systems of magic, so many cards. Uh, so you, there you'll go for general information on magic and types of spells, uh, each of the orders and how the orders cast magic from how to do maker magic to how to do weaving to summoning uh, and the like. Expect us to revisit that. Uh, we will be coming back to all of these things, absolutely. Uh, and then the path is what we might think of as the setting book, which includes reference, you know, more of a discussion of what the Path of Sons is like, different organizations and key locations and NPCs uh, in the setting of the game. Um, the interesting thing about these books is that um, there are two books that are specifically for game masters that it's you know mentioned, I think, on the inside cover. And even there's, there's also a cheat sheet that comes with one of the stacks of materials that says, Hey, if you're trying to figure out where to start, like read this book and then read this book. And you know, this is what they have a summary of all the stuff that you're going to learn about in the different books. And uh, it, it seems like a pretty good uh, stepping stone for where you should be, you know, directing yourself when you're figuring out what this game is. But then the path, which is the setting book, was one of the books that's specifically for GMs that I thought was kind of interesting because, I don't know, I thought setting was kind of a thing that even players would have access to and want to know about. I haven't gotten there yet to see how much of it is filled with GM secrets or if there's a way to, uh, to you know partition it for GMs and players. I will say that the other books, even if they're not setting books, have a lot of setting flavor in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so players will have a pretty good understanding of the setting, even when just reading, say, the key in the gate. Although the gate has the GM seat, uh, section, yeah, so maybe it's the, the key in the way. The yeah, uh, just reading the key in the way probably you know, will give you a very strong taste of the setting. Uh, and I think players will have a sense of what to do Oh yeah, uh, just from those books. I was just thinking, oh, yeah. So we you get a bunch of cheat sheets in there, too. And there are a bunch of envelopes that have a whole bunch of other things. And this is what I was talking about that I wasn't really expecting this stuff. I guess maybe they had talked about, you know, the player's envelope, the GM's envelope, and like the props that they have. Uh, I just don't remember all of that. But the, um, the let's take a look. What's in the player's envelope? I'm going to open it. <laughs> Here we go. Cool, cool Foley. Ooh. Gorgeous character sheets for one. Oh, yeah. The character sheets are cool. <laughs> I, I know that one of my players is going to be very... Uh, she's not going to want to write on these character sheets. 
because they they look very nice. But um, you've got a character creation reference in here, which is nice because this is one of the questions that we had when we were talking about how we're going to be doing the first session. Like, what do we need in order to be ready for the first session? And I said, you really don't need much. You really just need to choose your order and then a couple other things. And this reference just tells you exactly you know, what character creation is going to be like. Uh, so this is something we'll be able to hand out to you know our tables and say, hey, here you go. Uh, just get prepared to talk about this. Your stats aren't terribly important, and it kind of lays out all the things that we're going to do. It's also got a whole bunch of sheets for the orders that need things. It's got sheets for your pools where you're going to be keeping your cubes. It's also got all sorts of helpful little things like the a quick rules reference, uh, tips for the players, and then, yeah, then you get down to the character sheets, which are all really large. They are 10 by 10, but they're folded, and you can oof, fit a lot of information on here. I do like these character sheets. Oh, they're gorgeous. I, I, I don't know quite how people are to get extra copies, especially since the Vizlay kits they just announced are sold out. Oh, those are sold out. There will be a way. Yep. Yeah, they uh, in the most recent update, they mentioned there that the as we'll have at the end of the show, uh, the the black cube is available for pre-order. Mm-hmm. Some of the other material, though, including the Vizlay kits are sold out. Um, there was some talk about it. So everything in here is basically 10 by 10. Uh, so like all of the, the sheets and books and whatnot are square and the dimensions on them are about 10 inches by 10 inches. Um, so these character sheets, they fold open, so they would be, you know, 10 by 20. Uh, I guess if you shrink them down just a little bit, you'd be able to at least create copies of them on an 11 by 17. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not going to be an exact duplicate, but hey, it's close. Um, but you do get two sheets of e- for each order. So I guess if... Everybody, if you have three people who want to play in the same order, then you're going to have to do something about, you know, finding another character sheet for them. Yeah, and I don't think it'll work well to laminate them or anything. No, I don't think you'd want to laminate them. I mean, there are a few things in here that I would think about laminating, like the the pool sheets, since they're going to be used more frequently. And I think I might want them to hold up a little bit better. But yeah, the character right. sheets, you don't want to laminate them because, I mean, these should be permanent records. Yeah, the maker's matrix might be something you could laminate. Yeah, uh, I, I should add that each of the uh, the orders has, or almost all the orders have, little interesting player aids that come in that envelope. So the maker's matrix is a handout for reference for makers. Uh, there's weavers have cards representing all of their uh, uh, threads that they can pull together for their spells. Yeah, they have a bunch of cool little cards. Yeah, the Vances, of course, have their spell cards. Yeah, and I, I, okay, do you know how the Vance stuff is going to work? Because I didn't really, I saw it was going to be cards, but I didn't know exactly how it was going to lay out and interact with the, the mat that you get. I, I mean, I've read the rules from the key okay. uh, that has some of the character creation stuff, uh, but I haven't actually used it yet. But yeah, the Vances, as they move through the order, get a larger and larger grid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their spells take up certain amounts of space, uh, often say three inch by three inch or three inch by six inch. And so the grid gets larger, more powerful spells get take up more space in that grid. Uh, as they advance, they sometimes can fold cards in half. 
Uh, And so they they can manage which spells they want to be able to economize for their space in their their brain, basically. So are you saying Uh, we're going to have to take one of those like printed spell cards and fold that in half? Isn't that going to destroy it for anybody else? I think so. Oh, come on. Come on, Scott. There's they have like blank Vance cards. Well, I mean, I think we could you could also print that would be very easy to print out. Yes. Or make a substitute for very, you know, so that that would not be much of a challenge. No, but they've there are also blank Vance cards for various different sizes. Oh, you could just kind of sub instead of technically folding, you could substitute if you're folding a three by six and a half. Yeah. You can say, okay, we'll just use a three by three now. Yeah, uh, you could do that. Um, but when I, I what I was trying to figure out when you know when we were talking about all this up to the lead up, I was like, I don't know what they're going to do about the Vance spells, but uh, the Vances have several packs of just blank cards that they say Vance like Omega or Vance Alpha spell. And they're different sizes to that you would be able to use to fit on the grids. So I'm. It yes. seems like the uh, intention is you would write your spells on this blank card, you'd slap it on your grid, and I guess you could fold that. I think that's the intention. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, hmm, what else? Okay, so th- there's a whole bunch of stuff in the in the player's handout, which which is cool. Um, there's also a props envelope. Props envelope is pretty neat. Yeah, uh, lots of art and uh, like invitations and uh, uh, you know, post bills that you might find on walls. It was fun stuff. Yeah, it it's a lot of stuff that um, I think you can use as sort of uh, an improvisational tool. You can pull this stuff out when your players are looking for something in particular. You've got business cards and all sorts of things in there, which is pretty neat. And it makes me wonder what stuff in here is going to tie into the directed campaign. If anything, it's an interesting question. I would expect the director campaign to include more things like it, though. Yes, I, I would expect that. Yeah, as a, as a good tip of what we might see in the director campaign. Uh, anything else of note that you wanted to touch on? The only thing I, I were to be diving into many of these topics in much greater detail in coming episodes. Uh, this is just a tease of the experience of opening the box itself. And, and on that note, I, I, I have a, conf- a confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in some sense very hesitant to open the cube. Um, you know, having recorded at that point 47 episodes of a <laughs> podcast about it, having spent having run a play test for several months uh, and invested emotionally in this game, I was kind of afraid <laughs> to open it. Uh, and even after I opened it, I was a little afraid to start reading the books that, oh, you know, what What could it possibly live up to what I have built it up to? And I'm happy to report that once I got over that hesitation, yes, it is it is it is what I hoped it would be. Yeah. Material wise, like the the whole thing is gorgeous. It looks really nice. You know, Monty Cook Games has been doing really good looking, you know, books for a long time. And the the Numenera Reliquary was a really cool package. And now you have this thing, which is just kind of version two of that. It's like a whole game dropped into this really interesting package. And it's nice. It's nice to have this thing opened up and sitting around. Um, I I wasn't really too concerned about it, but I don't know. I, I try not to worry about these things, I guess. It would have been kind of a bummer if uh, you had opened it up and then that was the end of our show. <laughs> 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 if it was programmed to have a wah wah sound whenever you opened it, yeah. 
<laughs> no, it, it has. It is a very uh, attractive box. It has more than I expected uh, in it in terms of components mm-hmm. and handouts. It is very well thought out as to which sorts of handouts and components would be most useful. It is organized in a, in a way that impresses even my hard-to-impress wife uh, in terms of the organization of board games. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, it, it has lived up to the hype. Yeah, I I am looking forward to getting this to the table and actually running it. I Some of my players... Are are a bit nervous about this whole thing. I think um, you know we just we just got off of playing Tales from the Loop, which was a nice easy sell for my group. I mean, we we're all kids that grew up in the like mid to late eighties and the early nineties. Uh, so Tales from the Loop is an easy sell. This this game, you know, it's kind of been built up for two years. Everybody knows. Ah, oh, Dave's been doing this show. Oh, Dave's been talking about Invisible Sun for two years. Um, so maybe that has a little bit to do with it. Um, but also, you know, everybody is going to be a magic user to some degree, and it's going to be in this strange world that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to anybody who hasn't, you know, read up on it and talked about it. And that, that I think, is going to be one of the hurdles we're going to have to get over. But, hey, we have this really cool box, so I think that'll help sell it. Yes, and, and while I'm not all the way through the game mastering section, we were promised there would be some uh, advice on dealing with that in the game mastering section. Mm-hmm. In the part that I've read so far, there is extensive advice on the to- on topics that we have discussed over the last uh, almost two years about the change, the different orientation of a of game mastering Invisible Sun versus other games, and how player directed. Uh, Invisible Sun campaigns are intended to be, and and how that player direction changes this role for the game master. Those have been excellent sections so far. Cool. I can't wait to start reading those, and hopefully that'll be this weekend. Just sit around the campfire and uh, drink a beer and read Invisible Sun. Yeah, then we'll have to figure out how we're going to talk about this immense uh, list of topics we now can can discuss in a more definitive way, uh, whether it's the nature of orders, the uh, the, the path of suns, the uh, factions of Saturn, uh, or even other mechanics of, of the game itself. We, we suddenly have a lot to talk about after trying to figure out for several months what <laughs> the heck we were going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, somehow getting somebody interesting on the show or having something interesting to talk about. Uh, uh, last teaser before we go, uh, with episode 50 and Gen Con coming up, we also will be reorganizing a few things on the podcast, uh, not just some new segments because the black cube is out, uh, but a new, uh, website and, uh, some new information and just how we're kind of setting up and presenting the podcast. So, uh, keep watching the skies, uh, or Twitter, your choice. Uh, for more information, uh, as well as our webpage, uh, and listen, there shouldn't be a discontinuity in the availability of the podcast, but there will be some changes coming up as we now can talk about a game that exists rather than a game that we are guessing about. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Ooh, Gen Con's almost here. That'll be cool. This ends our walk. Maybe you discovered something today. Maybe you need to look closer. The music was titled Beyond from Wes Otis and Plate Mail Games. It is available from DriveThruRPG. Invisible Sun is currently available for pre-order at InvisibleSunRPG.com. For a limited time, you'll receive an additional sooth deck when you pre-order the game. 
You can find our blog at incantationspodcast.blogspot.com or email us at incantationspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Agonseer, A-G-O-N-S-E-E-R, on Twitter. And you can find me at Tex underscore Red on Twitter. Do us a favor. Leave us a rating uh, and a review on iTunes. Uh, it really helps people find out about our show. Another great way is to just uh, tell a friend. Uh, tell a friend about Incantations. Tell them about Invisible Sun. And that would really help us out a lot. 